This is the Shift Podcast. Here's what you can look forward to on the Shift Podcast. How to argue stupid relationship things. Okay, we've all done stupid things in relationships. What's your stupid thing? We asked the shift heads, they responded. We've all made mistakes. That's very clear. We had our cheeky bleep off, very first one ever on the show. Dave Scott stopped in with Spaced Out Radio, sharing his help that he led to a neighbor with a ghost. Weird Science with Andrew Ferrero was also on the show, talking about editing DNA and storing data like a thumb drive in your DNA. It's kind of weird. And are you okay? Uh, cursed by a preacher and high tech masks. Thanks for listening to the shift. Here's the story that I wanted to share with you about a man and his wife in Italy. They got into an argument and um, he said, I'm going for a walk. He's 48 years old. He went for a stroll and they live on the North end of Italy. So that'll give you uh, the fact that I say that should give you some indication on how far he might've walked. So here's what happened. His wife reported him missing. He was gone for a week and he was like Forrest Gump. I think I'm done walking now. <laughs> and that's kind of what happened. He was just walking. He was just walking to cool off after an angry argument with his wife. And he got caught by police because it turned out he had walked so far that the the uh, lockdown rules were different and there was a curfew and he was walking after curfew and that's how he got caught. So when they ran his ID, they found out he was a missing person. His total walk was about 280 miles in seven days. That's it, baby. I'm going for a walk because they stopped him at two in the morning. I came here on foot. I didn't use any transport. He said he was cold and tired, but he seemed lucid and he did not realize how far he'd gone during his stroll. And strangers had given him food, kept him fed and watered along the way. I'm fine. I'm just a little tired. But you know what he didn't say? He didn't say she was right. (laughs) Seven days later. So that just raises the question. What is the the silliest thing that you've ever done in a relationship? uh, Argument you've had, reaction you had that you look back and you're like, man, that was silly. That was the dumbest thing to do. 877-399-9898. Your calls, your text messages here on The Shift. Let's go say hi to Carl, who's in Beggarville. Hey, Carl. How's it going? Good, Carl. How are you? Uh, Well, a lot better lately. Good. (laughs) Okay. When you have your uh, kind of roommate, fiance that I ended up marrying and... uh, you, uh, your ex-girlfriend uh, asked to come over and use your shower, and uh, then the girl at the automotive store I worked at, uh, working on cars, you know, I, I told her I forgot my screwdriver under her hood, yeah, and found out she's married to an RCMP officer, and I'm going, this has not been a good week. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, I I, yeah. I don't know what you mean, Carl. I haven't been in that particular predicament, but from your story, I um I absolutely well, can imagine your imagination. Because Thank you, sir. I'm telling you, um, you know, we made out uh, in the living room, whatever, and then went to the bedroom, and I'm like, "Who's that? Your brother? No, it's my husband." And All I'm right, like, I That's gotta not good. go to work early in the morning. <laughs> I gotta go. 
Thank you, Carl. Appreciate the phone call. 877-399-9898. You know, sometimes in these relationships, we um, we take uh, certain situations and we make them worse. That sounds like one of those ones that made them worse. Um, my takeaway, though, is the uh, the girl who was my roommate and became my fiance, and I kind of ended up marrying. Um. <laughs> Just, yeah, when you're playing with your screwdriver just make sure it's with the right hood i guess well you don't be under someone else's bonnet oh. clearly yeah oh uh, that would that nice. would be a thing all right so now ryan you had a bit of a story too about what you have gone through here in arguments and some of the mistakes that you've made what is the biggest um mistake that you've ever made in a relationship my number one mistake that i have made in a relationship is not arguing i dated oh, this not arguing girl at all wow at all I dated this girl for just over two years and we never argued once. And, you know, at first it was because it was so great. It was so, you know, honeymoon phase and there was nothing to complain about. And then when there was things to complain about, because I'm sure she had things to complain about with me too. We were so afraid to lose that you know, honeymoon phase, we never brought it up. And it got to a point where the entire relationship became stale and neither one of us were really ready to pull the trigger to end it because there was nothing wrong because we never talked about it. But then when she did something that really broke me and really upset me and I finally confronted her, the argument was so uh, useless because we had no idea how to have those conversations in a way that was actually actually constructive. And the relationship was already dead. It was already dead by then. It was just, it was a matter of time. It ha- we broke up a month later and there was nothing I could have said in that argument that could have fixed anything because I had never said anything prior to that. And uh, what an amazing experience learning-wise for, for relationships, the one I'm in now, and and down the line, I'm pretty confident in the one I have right now. I'll just point that out. But um, it's uh, it's a very interesting perspective, and I look back on it with a very mixed bag of emotions. Mm-hmm. I, so, do you think do you still not argue, or do you do you find that you you know you step into it cautiously, or or what? Well, even in my current relationship, we don't so much argue because if we do something that pisses each other off, it's the, the second it happens, it's brought up. You know, mm-hmm. so if they say it, you know, I'll listen and then go, okay, yeah, that makes sense. And if I say it, they'll go, okay, yeah, that makes sense. It's like you nip it in the bud before it happens. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if there comes a argument that needs to happen, a big argument, I'm not worried because I think, I think we'll both be able to, to work through it because of the lessons I've learned from, you know, others. <laughs> What's your biggest screw up in a relationship? Come on, fess it up. We've all made them. Now, I, if anybody has not made it, I would probably say it's probably Matt. Um, who's not made this mistake. I would guess that Matt would probably be the guy. Um, yeah, no, I prefer, um, like I'm a, I'm a long-term relationship kind of guy. And you know, my, my previous relationship was seven years and, you know, my, my, my present relationship has been 11 years. So I'm more of a, you know, let things just really, you know, run their course kind of guy. <laughs> Take your time. And just really feel the pain. Age like a fine <laughs> wine. <laughs> I like to feel that knife twist deeply in my heart before I let it go. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, looking, I mean, you know, we all have stuff that we regret and, 
you know, I do regret maybe not being more open, you know, with things that have been bothering me. You know, I'm a very private person. Like, it takes a lot to really chip away and drag stuff out of me. And Mm -hmm. at some point, I think in my previous relationship, you know, that effort kind of ceased and we just stopped talking about stuff. Neither of us were open. And that's kind of what led to just it sort of petering out, you know? Um, Yeah, totally get it. Yeah. Yeah, totally get it. Okay, cool. That, I mean, that's very clear. I mean, I get that. And to Kat and Gimli says, I can think of a couple of relationships where I wish I'd walked out and kept on walking for seven days, at least. <laughs> 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 Thank you very much for Me that. Me too, buddy. Me too. 877-399-9898. Ina is in London. Ina. Yeah, yeah. Hi. Hi. Sorry, is it Ina? Yeah, Ina. Yeah, hi, Ina. <laughs> hi, how are you? Um, um, my... Biggest thing is that I insist uh, when, you know, I'm just in a bad uh, space, you know, and I tend, what I tend to do is to dump it on my sister and it's, uh, uh, and then I make things worse by by just acting up and everything and that's my biggest screw up. So I have Mm. to uh, fess up and say, look, I, uh, I wasn't, uh, Treating you in the right uh, right way, so that that was our heart. I had to do that a few months ago. I think in the spring, in the early part of the pandemic. So that's so. interesting that to th- to look at it from that perspective that you um, that you you see your sister uh, that that takes the brunt of of whatever's going on, and then you wanted yeah, to clean that he, up. I think that's really cool. Yeah. So uh, you know, I have to uh, realize that. I shouldn't be doing that. So if I'm going through a rough spot, I better just call, you know, mental health or something like that. And then mm-hmm. once that's cleared up, then I'll call my f- friends or my sister. Yeah. Well, I, I guess yeah. I, I would, I, I kind of hear it as, you know, when you have a bad day and you sort of take it out on the people that you love the most. That's what I do. You know, yeah, that's yeah. My well, I think we job. all do. Uh, you know, I don't think that you're, um, I don't think you're alone in that. I think we all do it in, in some fashion. The question is, is can we, can we lean into those people and uh, sort of surrender to that? They'll take care of us. Or do we use them as the punching bag and vent? Um, I would suggest there's probably some better punching bags to be used than the ones who are there taking care of you. But you know what? I, yeah, for sure. You're not alone in that, Ina. I would like to say that um, I really appreciate your honesty in sharing that part of the relationships with us. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Ina in London. Eight seven seven three nine nine ninety eight ninety eight. What is it? What is the big screw up inside your relationship? Um, you can see where this is going. We are talking about relationships here on the show, and um, and uh, and yeah, it's it's incredible to to share these pieces. So we're going to ask more questions about how these relationships work here on the shift. I got so plastered, Catherine says, on New Year's Eve when I was dating my ex. When I was a teen, I fell and hit my head and blood was pouring down my face. We were on our way to meeting his parents. I walked in with blood down my face and I had to go to the washroom and passed out on the floor. I stopped drinking because I was so embarrassed. Did you stop drinking for the night or forever? That sounds like a forever kind of thing. (laughs) I get the feeling. Meet the parents. I've had those, those kind of things where you do something. I was sick. It was a Christmas party. And I got drunk on champagne and I uh, lost control of my stomach in the kitchen sink of the house where the house party was in front of like 50 people. 
Oh, goodness. It's my most embarrassing moment in my entire life. I still, there are nights where it keeps me awake, where I can't sleep because I think about it, but I still drink champagne and it still tastes great. So there's right. that, if, if that hasn't pushed me to the brink, I fear to know what will. In case you missed it on the radio, here's Ralphie O'Donnell. This is the Shift Podcast. If you joined us before Christmas, you heard us do the Christmas cheeky bleep. It's where we take a perfectly clean song, we bleep out a perfectly clean word, and it makes it a little bit cheeky. So, uh, because we were talking about relationships and the stupidest things we've done in relationships, the things that you do in your relationships to keep it awesome, uh, feel free to text those in, by the way. So we've chosen broke up, breakup songs today inside the Cheeky Bleep Off, and you are going to need to vote. So here's what you're going to do. You're going to text in either Shane or Ryan or Matt. You don't have to remember the song. That's it. Which one you think is the cheekiest of the bleeps? So you get to tell us who's going to be the champion, and we are going to battle it out. So let's get started with our brand new piece that we wanted to bring to you. It is the Cheeky Bleep Off. All right, the Cheeky Bleep Off is just that simple. We are going to take this perfectly clean song and we are going to bleep it out. So let's get started with Matt's because Matt put together a... Um, uh, 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 one cheeky bleep, and we got to do the bleep version first, okay, Matt? And just as a great example of a perfectly clean song, and then we'll put do the normal version so everyone can hear what it actually sounds like. Second, okay, I get you, got it. So let's do the cheeky bleep version of Matt's contribution as a sample of the cheeky bleep off first. Goes oh, like this. All right. <laughs> <laughs> nice all right uh that's a great example <laughs> i like the commitment <laughs> that's good oh man okay so now if you don't know Def leopard armageddon it matt let's get the normal version of the song so people can get a context So there you go. So Armageddon it. And so that's how it works. It's a perfectly clean song. Look, if you take this into the ditch, that's on you, not on me. Your brain is deciding what these words are. And it's a bit of a reflection of how perverted maybe or dirty or naughty or cheeky we are. So here we are with breakup songs. Uh, what do we have first here? Which one goes first? Uh, what, you go me? first? Yeah, whoever. Right. Okay. Yeah. Let's do mine. Okay. All right. So it was tough. I, I, it was actually a little bit harder than I thought to find a breakup song that was really easy to uh, cheekify, if it were. Um, <laughs> I, I've picked what I believe is one of the greatest and truly saddest breakup songs ever. I am, I almost guarantee that half of the people listening to the show right now have sung this song in sadness because of how infectious it is. So it was very hard to edit, but for context, here is the unedited version of Adele's Someone Like You. Oh, hide from the light. I hate to turn up out of 
the blue, uninvited, but I couldn't stay away. I couldn't fight it. I had hoped you'd see my face and that you'd be reminded that for me <laughs> it isn't over. <laughs> Never mind, I'll find someone like you. I wish nothing but the best. Wow. Okay. Oh, uh, I think I, this is good. Song. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. okay. So you're probably wondering, where did I put the cheekiness in? How has it been cheekified? Well, here's how. Oh, right from the light. I hate to turn up out of the blue, uninvited, but I couldn't stay away. I couldn't fight it. I had hoped you'd see my face and that you'd be reminded that for me. It is no Never mind I'll f someone like you I wish nothing but the best of you to don't f me I remember you say sometimes it lasts and love All right. but Not sometimes bad. it wow. hurts bad, eh? instead. He's coming out swinging. Okay, so I saw Adele, someone like you. I thought of it as an option for the Cheeky Bleep. Now, we didn't know the songs that each other did, so it was possible that we came into this with the exact same song. Mm -hmm. Good news is we didn't. So when I was looking for my breakup song, I wanted to. I looked at the slow songs. I thought, okay, that's cool. I thought, but I wanted to get something that was simple and poppy and easy to work with that was going to um, be able to bleep out and easy to understand in order to win the cheeky bleep off. So I did not choose the slow sad, but the breakup song um, I chose was Sean Mendez. And the song is called stitches and it's about his breakup and how his heart is so broken that he needs stitches to mend his heart back together again. So Matt, let's play just like Ryan did. Let's play the clean version for everybody to get uh, a segment of stitches to understand the song cleanly. I thought that I've been hurt before But no one's ever left me quite this sore Your words cut deeper than a knife Now I need someone to breathe me back to life all right, so Sean Mendez, that's the intro for Stitches. Now, in the battle of the cheeky bleep, trying to find who is the cheekiest of the bleeps, here is my cheeky version. So it's exactly the same clip, but I've bleeped out some clean words. I thought that I've been before. But no one's ever left me quite this sore oh. <laughs> Your words cut deeper than a knife Now I need someone to 
take me back to life. Oh, oh dude. Good one. <laughs> good that, one. that was good. Well played. Well played, sir. <sighs> I liked how, you know what? There's this is there's the art in it. You know, it's not just the bleep. It's the words that come before and after that make mm-hmm. it a beautiful bleep. Yeah. Well, the sore was pretty funny. Okay, so the song that we uh, that wins the cheeky bleep here, we'll we'll play that song or at least another song by that artist coming up at the end of the hour. So it's that simple: eight seven seven three nine nine ninety eight ninety eight. Just have to text uh, Ryan for his Adele song, Matt for his Def Leppard song, or text Shane for um, the Sean Mendez song for your votes here on the cheeky bleep, and we will tally those up here in just one second and uh, share them back with you. Hang on. Text it in. 877-399-9898. Okay. The story that we wanted to share with you in the meantime is the story about the deer horns guy from the Capitol building. This is the guy uh, that was the horned rioter, the horned DC protester uh, that he was the guy rocking out. He was like, had the the horns on his head. He kind of looked like a Viking dude and he had the paint on and he was there for the photo op. He was man. He was happy there to get his picture taken. He kind of looked like Ted Nugent in the seventies. <laughs> yeah, actually, he kind of did. Um, so he got arrested because his picture was everywhere. Turns out, the horned DC protester uh, had his first court appearance on Monday, but he's also been refusing to eat when he was in detention for perhaps not a reason that you would have thought of. This is from ABC. 15 in Arizona. Jacob Chansley, also known as Jake Angeli, made his first court appearance here in Phoenix telephonically from a detention center because he is currently in quarantine. We also learned from his mom that he has not eaten anything since Friday. He has not eaten and he needs to eat. Martha Chansley worried about her son's condition since he turned himself in to the FBI Saturday morning, a concern echoed by his public defender that 33-year-old Jacob Chansley had an extremely restrictive diet. We asked what the diet was. He gets very sick if he doesn't eat organic food, literally will get physically sick. The judge asking Chansley's lawyer to work with the U.S. Marshal Service on a detention diet as she held video and telephone first appearance hearings with inmates. Chansley was by phone and politely called the judge your honor throughout. He's a local activist and QAnon conspiracy theorist. At this point, he's facing misdemeanor charges related to being inside the U.S. Capitol illegally with a spear last Wednesday. Chansley was even pictured up on the Senate chamber's dais. So Martha Chansley referred to her son as a patriot and the gentlest person that lives in my basement. No, I'm just kidding. She said, the gentlest person I know, I added in the basement part, just guessing, I'd put 100 bucks on it that I'm right. However, after his three-day hunger strike, Chainsley on Monday was granted the right to an organic diet at the detention facility where he's being confined <laughs> since he turned himself in at the FBI office in Phoenix upon his return from Washington. He wasn't eating any food because it wasn't organic. How 2020... Prison organic food is probably horrible. Like, <laughs> it's horrible. It's probably no organic Grainy. option. And do you think they just tell them it's organic and it's not yeah, actually probably. organic? Or it's like yeah. it's maybe 50% organic so they can call it organic, like 100% mm-hmm. beef? I bet it's like that. It's like, would you like regular gruel or organic gruel? Right? <laughs> 
Well, let's uh, let's be honest. He is in Arizona, and I the prison system. I've there has been specials um, about the prison system in Arizona. Uh, I think did they call him Sheriff Joe? Uh, Joe, oh, Joe, Arpaio. Joe Arpaio. Oh my Arpaio? God. He was like the, Arpaio. he was the most wicked of the, the, the county sheriffs. And he was He's the, insane. right. There were specials of him. Um, yeah, the, the, the yeah, the sheriff, right. He, that's what they called him. Yep. Sheriff Joe Arpaio. He had the pink chain gangs, uh, yep. Rob green bologna sandwiches. Yeah. Shame was a big part of everything that he did. Like you, it was nasty. Some of the stuff that he did. Um, anyway, um, can you imagine walking into prison? <laughs> Cause you hear stories and maybe it's just Hollywood, but you hear stories about how the new guy gets treated in prison. Can you imagine this guy walking into prison? <laughs> uh, I don't eat that cause it's organic. It's not organic. Come on. <laughs> I wonder if he was still wearing his gear. His gear. Yeah. I don't think they'll let him take the spear in there. Well, he still has all those tattoos. So, I mean, he's got that going for him. Oh, that's remarkable. Man. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, that's the story that we wanted to share about that guy. 877-399-9898. We have some answers here on the text messages of which one we should uh, be the winner. And uh, can we just recap the bleeped ones here, Matt, quickly? Uh, sure. Just the bleep versions only, and we'll get start with Matt's Armageddon it. <laughs> I like that. Okay, let's go to Ryan's Adele, someone like you. From the light, I hate to turn up out of the blue, uninvited, but I couldn't stay away. I couldn't fight it. I had hoped you'd see my face and that you'd be reminded that for me it isn't over. Never mind, I'll f someone like you. <laughs> the punctuation is so good there. I like that. Can we go back to the beginning of Ryan's for a second? Because, Ryan, I think you missed a really, really good one. I know which one you're talking about. I just, you know, I thought I'd keep people on the toes, right? Yeah, is that what it was? Okay, well, fine. If yeah. you know what it is, that's cool. Yeah. I get that. That's good. That's smart. Look at that. He's 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 got the strategy going on. All right. And mine was Sean Mendes. I thought that I've been before. But no one's ever left me quite this sore. <laughs> I think we've got a clear winner here. It, it's that. Oh, yeah. We have a clear winner. Uh, like, I thought mine was pretty awesome. Like, and I know, so my, did I. My intention was to blow you both out of the water with this one. But, like, yeah, I, Shane's got the winner here. <laughs> yeah. I Look, I'm going to I'm gonna do it because you can't crown yourself the winner. But the text line, I had one vote. Matt had one vote. And, like, there's 40 other votes for Shane. So, Shane, yes, congratulations. You are the winner. Ding, ding, ding of the first ever yeah cheeky bleep off the, the people Yay! the people have spoken and unless you know uh, unless ryan and i pull a riot and uh not right too soon right too soon <laughs> yeah okay. these CKMW. election results they're fraud 
Yeah. <clears throat> Store in the radio station and uh, try to get the uh, election results overturned. You never know what could happen. Right. Maybe waiting for Rudy Giuliani to jump in here. Maybe we should have a press release of the Four Seasons landscaping in Vancouver. Uh, thank you very much for your votes. I would like to thank the Academy. Um, Derek sent in this text, which is terrible and off topic, but because it's a flippant use of the word dildo, I'll, I'll say it. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) i voted to be a tie all three of you win you have won a brand new dodge caravan covered in dildos to lead the great dildo caravan of 2021 well first of all um i don't think that that was the plan with the road trip it wasn't a dildo caravan um i I thought that's that's where we were gonna end in dildo there's a caravan to dildo yeah Mm -hmm. two new and well conception bay is where it was all going to end up come by chance and right so there's all kinds of places we could go to here anyway it's the shift podcast it's time to dig in to spaced out radio and dave scott spacedoutradio.com is their website if you want to check it out and see if dave's around what is happening big bad shane there he is uh what is happening um well I we're we're uh, we got the, the the cheeky bleep off coming up, which is exciting for us because we take perfectly clean songs and we bleep out one word, and it turns it into a naughty yes. song. It's a lot of fun. Very cool. Very That's cool. Very fun. How are you doing? I like that. I'm doing great. I'm 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 you know waiting for this storm to roll in so that way I can uh, you know prepare for either snow mm-hmm. or my trees to collapse on my house. Mm-hmm. But it's all good. Tell everybody where you good. are from what our show other? who doesn't know where you are. I am in central British Columbia in a small little village called 108 Mile Ranch, exactly eight miles north of 100 Mile House. (laughs) All right, Dave. Paranormal investigations and your own stories and experiences on the docket today. Where do we go with this? This this makes me curious. Two weeks ago, I got a phone call from one of the uh, townspeople here. Because I'm the resident town weirdo. And I don't mind that title. I, I really don't. And there was an 84-year-old lady, lives on her own, all right? And she apparently started having, for the last couple of years, music playing in her house. Now she lives on a, on a house all by herself. And God, I, I hope I could do that at 84 years old as well. Okay, she takes care of herself. She shovels her driveway and, and you know, does whatever she can to, you know, keep her little uh, two-bedroom house going. It's a tiny place, but it's home for her. But for the last couple of years, she has had this music that plays in her house. And it gets so loud at times that she literally cannot sleep in her bedroom. So... I got a call from one of the town's ladies, one of the ladies in town here in my small little community saying, Dave, can you help her out? So we went there. My buddy Mark and I went there this past weekend and we went and checked things out and we did a tour of the house. The house is literally almost, you know, maybe a couple sizes bigger than my studio here. It's not very big, but we noticed a couple of things, which was, which was really cool. Number one, when we started asking questions about where the music was coming from, when we got there, the music was not on, and it hadn't been on all day, which was weird, because sometimes spirits, believe it or not, they know when you're coming. 
they do. They don't like it when the ghost police come. They don't. They go and hide. It's true. And so when we arrived, there was no noise, but we, we focused the attention of the investigation inside her bedroom over by her closet where there was a computer and a Christmas tree. We found out that her ex-husband, whom she absolutely hated, had given her the computer. Now, the computer was off. We made sure we checked that. But she said that the music always comes around that, and she logs off her computer every single night. And we started asking her questions about her ex. Find out that her ex died shortly before the music in her house started playing. And what we were able to find out, we found out his name. His name was Bud. And old Bud here, I guess, didn't treat her very well. He liked his his money more than he liked her. And so he treated her very poorly. She wasn't allowed to spend a dime. He was a miser. And finally, she just said, you know, that's enough. I'm out. And then she finds out a couple years later that he passes away. So what we started focusing in on with Bud was what kind of music was he playing? Well, the music that, that was playing was all had meaning to her. It was, she loved her Christmas carols. So at Christmas time, she would be woken up and usually around, she has a log book of this over the last couple of years where she would be woken up at about four, four thirty in the morning with Christmas music or happy birthday or the national anthems because she was raised in the United States before coming to Canada. So all of a sudden the American national anthem would play or the Canadian national anthem would play uh, there. She loves her old, you know, old school country Western music, you know, before today's country Western kind of, you know, I'm, I'm going back like to the forties, fifties and sixties type country music. And mm-hmm. that's what she enjoyed. And all that music. So I asked her, I said, well, is there rock and roll? Is there opera? Is there rap music? She's like, no, none of that. So we focused in on that. And we learned that Bud really liked music. And they, and during their time, they really enjoyed music. So what we did was we communicated through our technical gear with Bud. And we were able to push him away, explaining to him through conversation, much like you and I are talking now, that really our client did not want him around. And after about two hours there, we heard this big thunk on the back wall when we heard, when we asked him to leave, it was almost like a door closing and he's been gone ever since. But here's the interesting part about this lady outside of this story. She, and this is a, for your listeners here as well. She asked me point blank, how much do I charge to do this? And the answer that every paranormal investigation team should give you is zero. Paranormal investigation shouldn't cost a dime. And if you're out there and you've got some ghosts running around your house and you go to Google and you go and Google, you know, paranormal teams in your area, first thing you got to ask is, How much do you charge? If they're going to charge you money, the chances of you getting ripped off are extreme. Because when it comes to the paranormal, Shane, we don't know what's going on. We don't know how to deal with it. And most ghost hunters out there are weekend warrior amateurs who don't really look for solutions. They just want to go play in a haunted house. 
whether it's in someone's location of their home or their work, or whether it's at the local cemetery. And a lot of these teams, what they do in their ripoff scam is they'll say, look, I can do this, but I got to buy supplies. I got to get all this stuff. I got to do this. It's going to be about three to $500 for me to clear that spirit. But then the spirit comes back because they don't clear anything. And then they say, well, you know, I, I got to go get some holy water. I got to talk to a priest. He charges me money. And this is how the, the, the shenanigans start, if you know what I'm saying. I get it. So for, the, your, so for your listeners out there, if you have paranormal activity in your house, in your work, wherever you may be, okay, don't go to Google because, number one, you're going to get a bunch of amateurs. But number two, if you do start contacting people, don't get ripped off. Do not give a ghost hunter any money whatsoever because the real ones out there do not charge a dime. Well, that, that's a really good tip. Um, and an, an amazing story, too, to think that, you know, little old lady has some peace now, which is kind of cool. Um, when you leave that stuff, do you? we've only got about 30 seconds here, Dave. But when you leave that stuff, do you ever shake your head and go, whoa, did that just happen? Yes, every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every time. It's amazing when it happens. And when you hear the results, like in this one here, where you hear the results of all of a sudden you say, you got to leave now. And then on a back wall or a back door, you hear a thunk, like a door is slamming shut. It's actually really cool. Like, wow, that just happened. Dave Scott, spacedoutradio.com. You can check out his podcast, his show. All that stuff is there for you, too. Thank you very much, Dave, for the stories. Kind of give me the heebie-jeebies, but I'll figure it out. (laughs) Hey, keep the go straight. We'll talk to you next week. This is the Shift Podcast. If you want to know something, you're like, I always wanted to know more about science. Can we learn more about science? Well, then, why, yes, yes, we can. Andrew Ferreira is weird. So weird, he loves science more than sleep and other people. It's time for Andrew Ferreira's Weird Science. Uh, Matt, did you bring the keys for Andrew's cage? Because I didn't. Do you have yours? Uh, yeah, let me... Uh... Yeah, I found him. Okay, there we go. All right, open up the cage. Let's let Andrew C. Ferreira out of the cage. Hello, Andrew. Woo! <laughs> yeah! All right. Sorry, I, I did that as a distraction because I'm cleaning my glasses and I can't see. So. Oh, good. That's going well. Things are going uh, well it, for Andrew. You know, um, hey, at least I, I, I have glasses. At least I have them. Andrew's a little bit like Snuffleupagus in that he will never, ever turn his camera on in a video conference he's always that guy who always has no camera and so i'm a little bit uh, suspicious if uh, big bird here is just playing us and snuffleupagus doesn't really exist but regardless here we are andrew it's time to get all sciencey yeah look listen i i built my computer expressly with the purpose of not having a webcam it's probably a good like, idea it's not a matter of choice i literally don't i do not have one and i meant it I do not have one, and I meant it. All right. Okay. Point taken. I got it. Where are we going with science? It is declaration. And power of declaration is important on this show. Where are we going in the world of science today, Andrew? We've got a couple of things that we need to talk about. DNA editing is going to be what I think in this decade specifically, I think we'll start to see the real ethical questions around it uh, come into the focus. Uh, You've probably heard of CRISPR. 
Now, CRISPR is a technology that allows scientists to edit genes, to insert or remove a specific, uh, you know, strands and segments of DNA from cells. Now, of course, the potential for this is the ability to quite literally genetically engineer uh, every single human, uh, you know, from the day that we can do this with, you know, 100% or 99.999% reliability, we can genetically engineer every single human uh, that comes into being on this world. And we could probably retrofit uh, a lot of people with stuff to help them. Um, so this is another one of those paradigm shift moments that could happen. However, there's another, you know, much less of an ethical uh, tire fire, if you will, hmm. uh, in that one thing that scientists have looked at over the past 10, 15 years is using living cells as computers in a way. Um, to get your head around this, you have to have to do a little bit of an intro to DNA. So DNA is essentially made up of, you know, our four DNA bases are made of four things. Uh, you can remember them as A, C, T, and G. I don't need to go into why. Uh, so these A, C, T's, and G's match up with each other on DNA strands. And DNA strands are double helix, so they spin around each other. Um, and each individual strand also spins around itself. And it looks like a ladder. And you've probably seen this in, you know, school textbooks and all that stuff. But these little ladders act like computer code, if you will. They, you know, and their ordering, sequencing, and length determine everything that makes us us. Which is crazy to think about. Mm -hmm. um, but what that means is that we could potentially take what makes us us and change it, just like we can reprogram a computer. Uh, so Harris Wang uh, at the Columbia University of New York uh, and his, you know, research team uh, took this a step, you know, further, if you will. And so what they did is they used uh, a specific type of CRISPR gene editing. I'm not going to get into that. Uh, but what they did is they inserted specific sequences of these A, C's, T's, and G's. And what they did with that is they essentially coded um, a 12-byte text message into the DNA of E. coli cells. And yes, it's the same E. coli uh, that makes you have horrible diarrhea if you're unlucky to have it. Um, so we can, you know, if you remember way back in, in the 20th century, uh, computers that could display text were huge. And what we've essentially been able to parallel that to now is we've been able to etch text and code data into the DNA of E. coli cells, let's call them diarrhea cells, uh, that say, hello world. That's really cool. Because wow. this opens up the door for us to use DNA and living cells uh, for long-term storage of data. Computers, uh, hard drives, are quite variable in what they can survive. If you know a hard drive, if you brush a magnet too close to it, you're screwed. If you drop it, you're also screwed. Uh, there's lots of points of failure for that. And we certainly couldn't hope to have that last for hundreds of years. So data science wants to see what we can do for long-term storage. Uh, and DNA inside living cells can survive harsh conditions. You know, these kinds of things can live for a very long time. We've theorized that bacteria can, you know, literally survive meteor impacts. So the chances of us, you know, in the future moving some of our, you know, archival or, you know, necessary data to DNA, to living cells, if you will. We could do this. 
and you know the the study by 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 Dr. Wang at Columbia says that you know it's a, it's a proof of concept. We can do it. It's very simple right now, but so is computing in you know the early twentieth century. Uh, but if you know this kind of science progresses so fast, uh, you look at you know computers. You know, fifty years ago, it was insane to think that you could have you know one hundred whole megabytes of storage in something that could fit in your pocket. Now blow that up by a hundred times, and that's what you get in a lot of our phones. So this kind of storing data in living cells technology might be a thing. It's an interesting notion to compare that back in the day we used to use like cassette tapes, magnetic tape to store things, and now we're talking about storing DNA in cells. Weird science, Andrew Ferreira. It's uh, always an interesting, always an interesting journey with you, my brother. Thank you so much. It's great to hear your voice because I haven't chatted with you in a week or so. So it's nice to hear your voice, buddy. Thanks for coming on. Daw shucks. Andrew Ferreira, Weird Science, back in the cage. Lock it up, Maddie. It's the Shift Podcast. We are going to have to check in on the moon dial and see if Maddie's ready to go. Yeah, let's see. Yeah. All right, we're ready. Moon dial, ready to go. A little number there. (laughs) It's a high-tech show. Uh, Speaking of money in your cake, are you okay with money? With money. I'm okay with money... When I have it, I'm not okay with money when I don't have it, when I need it. Uh, I'm okay with the song Money Talks by ACDC. Um, yeah, I guess I'm okay with money. You like the I'll, money? Uh, well, I'll lead this into Matt. I am okay with money when I have it, when it's stable. When I don't, it's a huge source of anxiety. But uh, Matt, the clip I have for you is another money song that I think most people are very okay with. Aww. Money. Nice. All right. Are you okay with money literally falling from the sky? A woman in Nanaimo, in BC, on the island, was out walking, saw money falling from the sky. It occurred mid-morning on Monday, January 4th, 2021, on a street in North Nanaimo. The lady whose name is being withheld told police she was out enjoying her daily walk when a vehicle went flying past her. Seconds later, money was seen floating from the sky and began to fall all around her dream come true. Now, she could not provide a plate or description of the vehicle that drove past her, but did say that it did not stop. Being the honest soul that she is, the lady picked up all of the money and promptly called the Nanaimo RCMP to report her fine. No reports of lost money have been filed with the local detachment. The owner of the money may not even be aware that it had flown out an open window. Constable Gary O'Brien says another theory is that it may have been gained through illegal means and the owner is reluctant to report it. Hi, I'm a crook, but I lost my money. Can you help me, police? Uh, the money will be held for 90 days, and if the lawful owner is not found, it will be turned over to the lady who found it. I think they might be keeping her name quiet just in case it was illegal. Yeah. Yeah, I think but, so, too. Uh, but, uh, so no one goes to looking Nanaimo. for it. Hello, yeah. Nanaimo. What a beautiful, beautiful city it is, Nanaimo. Nanaimo is one of the places that's seriously on my list to live by the water. Nanaimo or downtown Victoria? Both of those? Mm. Man, you give me the chance, I would go. 
absolutely. Oh yeah, no, I um I spent a month in Nanaimo um on a radio station internship, and it was just a wonderful time. Mm-hmm. It's one of my beautiful, beautiful, most beautiful places around. Although I did grow up in Port Alberni, so I am kind of partial to Port Alberni. Eh, one of those things. Speaking of beautiful places, that's a little gem on the island too. That that place, especially since the pulp mill, they got the the new pulp mill that doesn't smell like farts all day that it used to in the seven or in the eighties, seventies yeah. and eighties. So much better. But I digress. Are you okay? Are you okay with curses? <laughs> Speaking uh, of cheeky bleeps, like that kind of curse, like a bleep. I'm okay with like, most curse words, uh, but curses, like witchcraft, Curses right? you. I, I I think that makes me laugh when I think about sounds, it. Sounds <laughs> you know, like an old I imagine timey. the Monopoly guy right there, like yeah, a Monopoly or guy. An, like a uh, Scooby-Doo cartoon. That's what I think of. Curses these meddling kids. That's what I think of. Uh, <laughs> I hope I never get cursed, um, but that would suck. But yeah. yeah. Also, Rello Raggy. Um... A Louisville pastor is standing by a controversial message he made during a recent church service. Pastor Bob Rogers at the uh, Evangel World Prayer Center prayed for a curse against certain people involved in the 2020 election. Whoa, WDRB, WDRB has the story. Father, those that have lied, those that have stolen this election, those that have cheated, I place the curse of God upon them. I curse you with weakness in your body. I curse you with poverty. I curse you with the worst year you've ever had in the name of the Lord. This is Pastor Bob Rogers of Evangel World Prayer Center praying during a service this past Sunday. If you're going to fight, learn to fight. If you're going to kick, learn to kick somebody hard. If you're going to bite, bite somebody's ear off. It's pretty disturbing stuff. Reverend Damian Thompson of Emanuel Baptist Church shares his reaction after hearing what was said to this televised audience. Promoting a narrative that's not true, that's false uh, in our country and undermining uh, the overall effects and using Christianity to do that. It's a problem for me as a leader. Um, It's a problem for me as a faith leader. Oh, my Lord. Wow. Well, I, you know, I grew up in, in a Catholic school and I got to tell you that, um, I'm pretty sure that nowhere in that was Jesus a hitman. Nope. Right. I can, I also Catholic school. I can, I can second that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like I pray that you get your legs broken. Yeah. <laughs> like nowhere in that. Yeah. And, is that wow. a thing? And I'm not, I'm not religious in the slightest, but even I imagined that, you know, Jesus didn't have a lead pipe. And was waiting to bust some kneecaps. <laughs> Brass knuckles? Yeah. In the Lord's name. Like, Amen. Oh, yeah. Man. <sighs> He's all, all right. right w- WDRB spoke with the pastor in a Zoom meeting. Um, the pastor defended what he said. He said, quote, God gives us great power and authority, and I'm using that power and authority in Jesus' name. Wow. <laughs> I'm pretty sure revenge is not one of them commandments, my friend. I think peace and kindness is uh, supposed to be the goal there. Yeah. Can I just play the first little bit of that uh, sermon? Yes, sir. Father, yeah. those that have lied, those that have stolen this election, those that have cheated, I place the curse of God upon them. I curse you with weakness in your body. Jeez. I curse you 
with poverty. Wow. I curse you with the worst year you've ever had. Wow. Is it weird that the first when he said the curse of God, I thought of Indiana Jones opening the Ark of the Covenant. Is that is it weird that that's what I thought of? <laughs> that's, that's a little the weird. First thing, yeah, yeah, that was a little weird. I just find it to be absolutely remarkable that um that that's the way that that plays out. <laughs> well, I hope he finds his peace because he sounds like a very angry man. All right, are you okay? And by the way, that's a great way to get uh, the collection plate full. You donate to that guy or else he's going to whack you in the parking lot. Are you okay with face masks? I mean, I got to be. I, ha- I kind of have to be. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think it's all right. Like face masks are, you know, helpful. I'm okay with face masks. Well, what about the high tech ones? The ones that light up kind of fancy disco ball face. You <laughs> cool. okay with those ones? See them at the kiosk it seems at the like mall. Something out of the purge, you know, like somebody's about to go on a purge and they put mm-hmm. on a weird mask or something. I don't know. It's fe- like this is something we we have to wear so we don't get COVID and get sick. And it seems a little weird when somebody walks around and their face mask is like flashing like lights and it's just a little off. I don't know. I'd rather I have know, a I little printed. Like when you they're do, like, yeah. "Hi, I'm Steve." Yeah, like, hi, I'm Steve. It's kind of like, oh, hi, Steve. Or, hi, Steve. Uh, Razer, a company that makes all things gaming, including keyboards, computers, is moving into the face mask industry. Project Hazel, as Razer's take on the smart mask, it would use a detachable, rechargeable, active ventilating system to circulate airflow with N95 medical grade respirator protection to filter at least 95% of airborne particles. Also, it has some interesting features too. Aside from safety, we also looked how we could improve social interaction with the mask, as most designs cover the face and muffle your speech. Our smart mask has a clear, transparent design, which makes communicating easier, as others can now see you speak and pick up your facial cues. Thanks to a built-in mic and amplifier combo, our patent-pending voice amp technology ensures your speech isn't muffled even when you're masked up. Uh-huh. Can you imagine all the rappers with auto tune on their mask so they could rap all the time? That'd be cool. Cool. <laughs> rap through it. Yeah. Uh, Lyle says that preacher should buy the law of attraction book. It might help him. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of stuff he needs to tackle. You know, you don't Roadhammer sound says those, unless you're in a rough place. Roadhammer says those masks with microphones and speakers is not a new idea. Darth Vader thought of it first. It's very good. Very good. If you, if very could you good. imagine if that was your, your mask did that? Now that's a mask. Oh, well, that's the thing. If the Razer one has microphones and you could connect it to Bluetooth and you could have it play things other than your voice, I would walk around absolutely everywhere with constant Darth Vader breathing. 100%. Like a little speaker in there? Yep. Yep. That'd be awesome. Or if it if it actually helped you breathe, that would be also like a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this other text was talking about as long as they, I'm okay with those masks as long as they don't short circuit and catch my beard on fire. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good yeah. point. <laughs> Mike from Hamilton. Thank you very much, Mike, for that one. Uh, let's do one more. Are you okay before we're done here? Are you okay? Are you okay with bears? Da bears. Da bears. Da bears. <laughs> da bears. Um, I mean, usually, I think they're very majestic creatures, and uh, 
and just you know an icon of uh of nature oh. uh not okay with the chicago bears because it's a franchise trapped in an endless loop of hell and fire and failure bears in real life i love bears they're Mm -hmm. they're kind of cute they're really funny when they're doing weird stuff and if you respect them they'll keep their distance bears are okay with me yeah polar bears you know like they're the ones they're the peaceful ones they look calm they look kind the little ones play the big ones play with the little ones and then if you piss them off they eat you you know i like that All right. A 63-year-old Japanese man said he used his karate skills to fight off a black bear that attacked him in a mountain creek at Sushi Aoki was fishing when the massive bear randomly attacked him. Mr. Aoki was bitten and scratched repeatedly, including on his head, not on the heed, much like Leonardo DiCaprio was in The Remnant. The bear was so strong and knocked me down, Mr. Aoki told Tokyo Broadcasting System. It turned me over and bit me right here, he added, pointing to his bandaged leg. But instead of trying to outrun the animal, the an Asian black bear, probably because he was bitten on the leg, the fisherman decided he would use his well-honed karate skills. After assuming a fighting stance with his right fist in front of him, Mr. Aoki jabbed at his attacker's eyes, which sent the creature scrambling away into the woods. If a bear attacked... Uh, the shift, it would probably play out like this scene in The Anchorman. News team! Hit him in the uvula. <laughs> nice. I love that movie so much. I I do imagine like the crane kick, karate kid. Like this guy, he's guy, he's bitten on. He bit me right here, and then he stands up and he does a big crane kick, like in Karate Kid, and he saves the day and wins the tournament. And then they gave him a trophy right there in the river. That's how it happened in my movie. Would you pee though? What? Would you pee? You're standing there. You're going about your business because in, oh. in Banff, Alberta, there's been like some cougar sightings. If you got if you got confronted by a wolf or a bear or a cougar, right? Would you pee a little? Maybe subconsciously, I'd probably be focused on trying to not die, like we talked about yesterday. Yeah. You know, make your goal not die. Uh, so there might be some subconscious pee there. Uh, oh, maybe. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I'd let it go. I'd be like. Like, this is a Assume good sign position. that it's time for us to get out of here. I'm not too shy to say it. Probably pee my pants. So good for you, Mr. Aoki, for fighting off the big bear. Thanks for listening to the Shift Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca.